Hello and welcome to Was It Good? I'm your host Ravi and I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. I'm wearing a red Christmas t-shirt and that's not intentionally ironic. Because later on we'll be giving away a red Sith Jet Trooper action figure by Kenner and I wanted to show solidarity with my toys. We'll also be reviewing The Hate You Give, Twilight Zone, and Independence Day Resurrection. Nope, Independence Day Resurgence. There's also some newsy news, but first, we got to talk about football. Football's back. Football wow. is not back. What? Football is not back, Arjun. But I remembered, so. I remembered Ravi saying we should do Colin Kaepernick at the top. I did. And the reason we <laughs> want to bring up Colin Kaepernick is because... Uh, some exciting news. A friend of the podcast, Josiah Johnson, Woo. and a whole slew of other you know, executives, writers, and so forth, are actually going to be doing a Colin Kaepernick scripted mm. docu-type series, a six-episode run, about the early formative years of Colin Kaepernick. High school. I High school, right. and I believe potentially lead up to the events uh, when he went to the NFL and ultimately left or was forcefully removed from the NFL. Uh, very interesting series. Like I said, Josiah Johnson is going to be part of it. Um, you can find him on such shows as Dunk Bait. Like that cross promotion there. Do you know what is Dunk Bait? I've never heard of this show. Have you, Krishna? No. Dunk Bait? Sounds like clickbait yeah. or something. Yeah. Anyway, Moving on. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> something really cool. So, you know, hopefully we'll see what the, the future presents. I think it's interesting that the story of uh, Colin Kaepernick, and especially now, the world and things are happening. I'm pretty excited to see what this series will look like, and uh, you know, yeah. Actually, rip it um, apart. since you, since we kind of know a writer, but you're the only one who's talked to him so far. Uh, are they? How far along are they in the process? We're still well with it. Early, early pre-production. So they're it still. Just, they just didn't. Yeah, they, they just announced it today. They don't have a script or anything. Correct. Hollywood Reporter dropped it. Variety did a follow-up piece on it uh, later in the day. Wow, you know your publications. I mean. Can read, but let's be what? honest. Let's be honest. We shouldn't really expect this anytime soon. Well, no. I mean, I, w- I would assume that due to the current events, coronavirus. Mm. I mean, it was only recently that the Los Angeles um, city, you know, allowed certain films to start refilming, <laughs> and that's going to get shut down real quick. <laughs> I mean, as the taping of this podcast, we know that bars in the Los Angeles County area are closing back up. We know that ahead of the July Fourth weekend. All of the beaches, walkways, parking structures. What about Airbnbs, Rafi? We don't know yet. Oh. We don't know if Airbnbs are going to be affected because we're all we're all planning a trip out to Joshua Tree. Yeah. So who knows? Well, but we don't. Yeah, we, that might not happen. At least we got the food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worst case, we'll just hunker down and eat a bunch of July Fourth food. So and booze and booze. But before we get to the giveaway, before we get to all that fun stuff, I think it would be fun. Actually, that's a terrible way to transition. But oh, no. we all um, read the outline. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did <laughs> it forgot actually. The, forgot the outline. Uh, I threw the outline out the window. I was like, "Fuck it, this is how we." I spend six point two hours a day for seven days a week on this outline. It's pretty terrible. I spent over forty two hours on this outline. So, first film that we're going to talk about is actually a film from 2018 uh, that did make, um, not headways, but was a a very interesting um, film to come out during that time period. And with recent events with the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, George Floyd and all that stuff that's happening, um, the studio, right, behind the film, so the film is The the Hate You Give, Mm -hmm. they actually released it for free across a variety of streaming platforms, Prime, Netflix, Hulu... HBO Max. HBO Max, other stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, so I don't think anyone here watched this film in 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. I wanted to see it, but I never got a chance to go see it. It's one of those movies that had a short theater run. I think it was only in theaters for two weeks, and if you didn't get in in those two weeks, it was hard to kind of find uh, in movie theaters. Mm. And it released, just so everyone's aware, October of 2018. Mm. Uh, I will say, personally, I don't usually watch a whole lot of films in theaters during that period, mostly because I save all of my movie-going experience for the big blockbusters because I'm a brainwashed consumer. Wow. So that's my excuse. Self-aware brainwashed consumer. Yes. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> He's an AI. Sentient. Um, but yeah, I checked out this film, I think, a week ago. I think you all watched it more recently. Um, right off the bat, you know, it's a very hard hitting film. It's based off a book, correct? Yes. Yes. It's based off a book. I don't, I don't know if the book is, uh, autobiographical. 
I don't no, know it's, it's, it's a fictional book. It's totally fictional, obviously with a sh- literal shit ton uh, of real life examples and research and, you know, all that, you know, fun stuff. Like, it's not, it's, it's a work of fiction, but it feels like it could be, uh, it feels like it could be real life. Yeah, I mean, if, for all um, the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, this film came out in 2018. Prior to that, we had, you know, the, the recent um, marches and protests for Breonna Taylor for, for George Floyd. You know, they are much bigger, much louder than previous ones, but they are not anything new. Right. Um, the country has been protesting the, these types of um, social justices for, you know, decades at this point, unfortunately. And I think that is perhaps the biggest takeaway from watching the movie today, uh, you know, this year, is that when you realize the movie came out in 2018, and it's, it, you could, that could be, you could say the movie was made this year, right? Well, it, you, I, yeah. Because it's just so relevant. Nothing has changed. Um, I, th- I think it's just fascinating even our, in our own conversation, right? We had to ask the question, was it a real story? Was yeah. it Because it, it is. It, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, even though it is a quote-unquote fictional young adult novel that yeah. came out in 2017, uh, it is It is very real. And um, the sad part is even in two years, it it, it potentially, the, the fictional part, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but the fictional part is potentially the ending where there's more hope in the movie than there might be actually in real life. Yikes. That is a little scary. Um, but diving into like kind of the, the nitty-gritty filmmaking aspects of the, of, of the Hate You Give, one area or one thing that I really enjoyed with the film was the color palette. Mm. So between um, uh, the main character, Star, and her two various environments, so going to kind of the you know, white, the white preppy high school or whatever and then kind of like her home life in to, you know in the you know hard harder hit area or whatever so, it's yeah, a so warmer palette compared to the high school where it's a a blue type palette yeah so the high oh. school is called williamson and uh the neighborhood's called garden heights is yeah. that a real place i have to I, ask because I, I don't know i think it's fictional but i'm not sure i think i think technically i think the names are fictional but again i you know it's a fictional name, but probably a real based off. Based of off real things. Sure. I mean, one of the big things, you know, in terms of you know the cast, we had a lot of people, a lot of big names. Common, um, Regina Hall was in there. Um, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie was in there, and and Anthony Mackie portrayed uh, a drug lord, King King, who basically, and I thought that was one aspect of the film that was kind of really grounded in like what is actually happening in America, where you've got these lower based income residential areas that aren't getting the same kind of access money wise that other communities are getting. People can't get jobs, people can't businesses are closed down, uh crime rate is higher, people turn to selling drugs, other type of stuff in order to make money. I mean that's very unfortunately true to what's happening in the country currently and has been happening. Oh forever, yeah. So I mean that's uh another it, I got uh, during parts of this movie I got like strong wire vibes. Mm. Um the subject matter that you know how it, the wire did a great job of looking at all the aspects of society that contribute to the the drug problem in America, the war on drugs, and that's everything from the education system, the housing, um, you know, all of that, all that right. stuff. And I got like a little uh, bit institutional of institutional racism, yeah, I mean, call it what it is, right? That's the and you know, that's 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 a big part of these protests that there's you know. Especially black people in America are just given, you know, the 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 benefit and the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The privilege that white people get is just simply not there for black people and other people of color. Mm-hmm. And that is because you're starting four hundred years back. Yeah. Essentially because of all of these different things and all of these different systems that are just basically made to look quote unquote fair, but they're rigged. And I think the movie does a pretty good job of showing that with Education, with housing, with employment, uh, and all that type of stuff. Mm. Uh, Ravi brought up the color palette um, as his his. I don't know if that's the most the thing that made the most the biggest impression on you. For me, the thing that made the biggest impression has to be the performances. Mm. That's you know that they didn't feel like performances. It felt like every single person in this movie didn't didn't have to. To dig too far to act because uh, you, all of these people, you get the feeling, probably yep. have 
some very painful, powerful experiences that they can draw yeah. upon to portray these characters. Oh, one actor I really want to call out uh, was Russell Hornsby, who played Maverick Carter, the dad. Mm. Uh, I thought he had a really powerful performance. And, you know, when this movie came out in 2018, there was some buzz about it, but it didn't, you know, in the in the mainstream, uh, like Oscar type of awards, it wasn't nominated for anything. And I thought, you know, I, I can't remember who was nominated in 2018, but I think he should have at least been in the discussion because I thought his character was great. And the scene that sticks out to me was after he is harassed by Anthony Mackie's King character at the diner after Star has gone on television, uh, they come back to the house and he has his kids line up and he has them recite the Malcolm X um, text. And that to me was like a super powerful scene that I really, really liked. Speaking of Oscars and being nominated, so we would be looking at the 2019 Oscar nominations, correct? Yeah, because it would be Would for... you all like to know the 2019 Oscar nominators, oh. um, nominees for Was this for the Best Oscars actor? so white? Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. Bradley Cooper. Mm. For Chris, what? Uh, for A Star is Born. Chris, oh. Christian Bale for Vice. Viggo Morrison for Green Book. William Dafoe for At Attorney's Gate. And, hold on. Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. So, I, it's poor, poor, yeah, yeah, very poor. The fact, the fact that I saw Green Book, and Green Book is the 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 biggest like it's it's uh. Did you guys ever see The Blind Side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, you know how it was like a uh, a white savior type movie. Yeah, Green Book was like same the idea. same. We I think it was the same producers. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, who was uh, who was the best actresses for that year? Because I personally think. The main, uh, the main character, uh, portrayed by Amanda Amanda Ste- Amanda Stenberg. Yeah, I thought star. she was incredible. She did, she carried the movie, you she, know, like, as a lead. She did a great I, job. I'm not gonna lie. Some of her <laughs> lines and uh, her performance, uh, you know, made me emotional. Here we go. Ready? I also oh. felt her. I felt the pain and the yeah. the contradiction that she felt she was going through. Right, being two different people, she portrayed that so well. I felt, you know, I felt her pain. So the best actress nominees for 2019. Lady Gaga, A Star is Born. Oh, fuck me. Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, spelled with a U. I saw that movie. Glenn Close, The Wife. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Yeltsa Aparicio for Roma. Moving on. Moving on. Yes. Let's yes. Just well, move I, on. I, I did, Roma was a good movie. Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. You know, about 10% of every name that he just said is probably deserved. But still 10%. I'm going to leave it right there. 10%. Yeah. Anyway, the ending is my only thing with The Hate You Give that I did not like. Not spe- no, and there, I look at it as two endings. There's the ending in terms of, like, Star's story and what her family's going through and, like, the rioting and all that stuff. And it kind of ends where it's like, we're going to do better. And that's, I think, is needed because you do want to leave a movie and still be like, <laughs> maybe humanity isn't a giant piece of poop. Yeah. The other part of the uh, ending was <laughs> Anthony's Mackie, Anthony Mackie's character. Um, Getting arrested. King. King was arrested <laughs> because all of the store owners rised up together and were no longer afraid. And I was like, that's... That's not how it works. It's, not that quickly. It's, it's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Very it's convenient. stupid Hollywood like convenience where it's like, okay, sure, you, you can I get it, it's a movie, it's Hollywood. You you don't want your audience to be like what's sad. The, what's or whatever. the point of life? Yeah. Because honestly, I like the ending, and here's why. Uh if I want uh, a realistic portrayal <laughs> of what's going on, I will turn on the news. Uh sure. if I'm watching a movie, you give me my goddamn Hollywood ending. Yeah. Uh, that ending was needed. And you had to have a bow like that because the movie is, is, is too hard-hitting and painful otherwise, right. right? And I'm not saying – some people might say that uh, you know, uh, maybe it detracts away from the message and the power of what's going on. Like by wrapping up in a bow, you know, maybe it's like, you know what? Maybe things aren't so bad. You know, maybe some people could take that, take that message. I, I don't think so. I, after a movie like that, I, I want to feel – some hope. Yeah. I, I, some hope. Right. I agree with both of you. I, I don't think the ending detracts from the message, but I do agree with Ravi that it was a little too convenient uh, with King's character. I have a feeling the movie already ran over two hours. I would bet on the cutting room floor was a little bit more development 
potentially with King and some of the business owners that made that made that made that scene make more sense. Um, not that it didn't make sense. It just it felt it just felt like a leap, right? Yeah, it was basically uh, was of- it was uh, drugs are run- ruining the community. Store owners are too afraid to say anything. Then Star is in in her father's shop. The building's burning. Two other store owners help witness and see that you know King is a bad guy. Ooh, big shocker there. And then let's rise up together. The end. <laughs> I mean, there is the big scene. I love it. There is the big, <laughs> there is the climactic scene of the the little brother holding the gun to the yeah. That shit was the, like I was like I yeah. honestly I didn't, thought, I didn't see that coming. I thought the cops were gonna like shoot him. Do what the cops that we've seen as of late do. Well, that's why it's a movie, right? It it has the it has the the good ending, and then we we the audience, sadly, especially in twenty twenty, know the real ending. What the real ending would be? Where they shoot the kid? They shoot the kid, and all everybody they all die at the end. Oh my god. That 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 would be the unfor- I mean it's not sad, they all right? die, but they would shoot the kid and then arrest everyone else. Yeah. 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 And that's like and and that's what's that's that's what's sad that you have to watch a a movie that talks about stuff that's dark and that's the happy ending, right? Yeah. That they get to live. Yeah. Oh, and it's man. not Locked and it's up. not even unfortunately true to real life. Yeah. That at least, at least, at least that's not what's portrayed. Right. But, but that's why the that's why movies like that. I you know, I give credit even though the cynic in me says, "Why are the studios releasing this movie for free?" Oh, because they want the PR move and the PR win, right? And show like, oh, we produce good movies good with black yeah. with black filmmakers and stuff. I get I get that the cynic in me is like, yeah, they're just going for the PR win. But I am glad that a movie like this which is made by people of color, right? Which is based off of a book by people of color, portrayed by people of, with people of color in it, um, is readily available for people to watch because, look at the three of us, we watch a lot of movies. Did any of us see it no. two years ago? No. Um, and I'm glad that that's happening because it's needed. Like, we need we need to consume this type of media and, and, and see it. And it needs to be equal... Uh, coverage, media, uh, equal uh, advertisement, of, exactly of that stuff. So you even know it's there, right? Because yeah. because uh, I mean, I know 2018 was a, w- a long time ago, but how many trailers did you see for the Hate You Give when it came out? Like, did you know when it came out, or you know, how in your face was it compared? You know, compared to other movies of this of the same type of budget and everything. Yeah. So Probably is that is that much. is that something then a, a, a movie studio? And maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit to our, our was it good news, mm-hmm. um, but like Hollywood's reaction to yeah. everything, yeah. you know, we've seen, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in a little bit more depth in in detail in terms of like how Hollywood is reacting to you know, you know, TV series and movies that have blackface. You know, they they're pulling the episodes. Yep. You know, um, in some situations they're pulling characters that aren't even doing blackface, but are just you know putting on makeup essentially or. or Portraying a dark elf for whatever it right. is, you know, is Hollywood going to? How is Hollywood going to react? I personally think it would be interesting if Hollywood did spend the same amount of money, you know, in terms of adver- advertisement dollars on you know films that are produced by uh, black voices, et cetera, or, or people of color. But I guess you know, once again, if you sit down with um, a studio exec. You know they'll probably paint the picture as well. It comes down to what's going to sell. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's, it is business for right. them, so I don't know where that happy balance is, and I don't think we are qualified to figure that out. Oh, we well, are there's, very I mean, there's a there's a great there's a great horror movie that came out years ago, right, by the director Jordan Peele, and it's called Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a fantastic horror movie, and I thought it was a love story. What did they? <laughs> but, but what did? But what did Hollywood do? It got uh, nominated as a Golden Globe for a comedy. Well, that's because yeah. the Golden Globes, like the Oscars, is filled with people that think they know what they're doing, <laughs> but clearly don't know what they're yeah. doing. And well, that's the issue. And that's not that's <laughs> not that's not based on gender, race, or anything. That's just being a fucking moron. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> probably not wrong. It's uh, sad. Anywho, Krishner, was the hate you give good? Oh, absolutely. It was fantastic. I uh, I love the ending because I needed it uh, for my movie. Otherwise, I would have just felt bad the rest of the day. And I already <laughs> felt bad 
So, uh, Arjuna, was the hate you give good? Yes, it was. And if I if I had to go back and rank 2018 movies, I think it would be near the top of my list of 2018 movies. Wow. How how far back does your list rank? I just start, I just started this in 2020. Like I watch so many movies, I want to start like just ranking them as I watch throughout. And so I kind of like know at the end of the year, like what did I think of movies as it went, and then does it change as the year goes on? You yeah. know, I, I have a similar thing, um, but it's, it's simply if I remember the movie, it was probably <laughs> really good or really bad. And so then I'll, all I have to do is remember if it was good or bad. Christian, you, let's be Simple. honest, you don't remember Simple. you don't remember yesterday. Uh, because it probably wasn't good, or probably wasn't bad. So there you go. He has uh, a point. Ravi, was the hate you give good? Oh yes. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot who you at. Were you asked already? I said ra- yes. Oh, I was not listening <laughs> at all to your answer. Oh my god. Apologies. Like I said, the the only thing that I didn't like was a cookie cutter ending, uh, in terms of Anthony Mackie, uh, the Kings. The King character. The King character. What did you guys see? This for me. This is the first time I've seen Anthony Mackie in a villainous role. I'm sorry. Was the Falcon a good guy? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Falcon speaking, is the best speaking guy. of cookie cutter, no characterization characters. Let's talk about the Marvel Cinematic no, Universe. No, let's not. That that's a fucking <laughs> pile of poop. Well, actually, I don't see this uh, in our news, so maybe this is actually a perfect place for it. Anthony Mackie did recently come out in an interview, and uh, he was giving some a, little, a few details on what's it called, Falcon Winter, and the Winter Soldier yeah. or whatever. Yep. yep. Um, and he basically said that uh, it's going to be a six-hour Marvel movie, oh. which either means it's it's either it's going to be fantastic or too much. Uh, well, we there's also we don't know yet. they also said like for a potential season two, they said they could do it, but it could not have the same title. What? Oh Which, my God! Is one of them gonna die? That's the that's the or, insinuation. Or is one of them gonna actually take up the Captain America? That's the Marvel. other insinuation. Yeah. Um, so the the rumor is that. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Well, here, real quick, <laughs> on on the Winter Soldier and uh, the Falcon, just do what you did to Steve Rogers' character in terms of making him super interesting in um, Captain America Two: Winter Soldier. Yeah. Do that same type of treatment for Falcon in the series. And we'll be good. If you don't do that and it's a washy-washy like what they've done to the Falcon so far, that means Hollywood's not listening and <laughs> finger. To be honest, for a show to work, it, you, have you, to have you generally a, have to have a yeah. slightly deeper characters. <laughs> but you're right. Do we trust Disney? And Marvel's going to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Introducing no actors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, actually, stay tuned for Was It News because we have some fun acting News we do with humans and actors and things speaking, of that nature. Speaking of actors, yes. What's our next? Uh, <laughs> I was providing wow. you with a what layup. A ter- what a terrible transition! That was a great transition. If someone was paying attention, transitioning into the next ta- talking point. <laughs> <laughs> the recently revamped, reimagined the Twilight Zone, based on the ninth. 1966? Sure, the, the, old. the old black and old. white Twilight Zone from when uh, our grandmother was like... 1959. Yeah, our age, essentially. Jesus. That's how old the Twilight Zone is. It's old as dirt. Uh, oh, wow, that was rude. Um, yes. rude, it's true. So the new revamped <laughs> Twilight Zone on CBS All Access, executive producer Jordan Peele... Uh, presents us season two, mm. biggest shocker of season two. Yes, the entire season <laughs> two was dropped on the same day. Uh, yeah, uh, was we, that ever announced? I don't think it was. That's why I kept looking and going, "Is this a fuck? Did someone fuck up and just go? What happened there? Anyone? Nobody knows. And you know, I I do think so. CBS All Access is confused. It's because, a dumpster fire. Well, yeah, because. <laughs> Because Paramount and Viacom obviously came back together, and now they're thinking of like, well, what do they want to do for their super streaming service or whatever? And uh, I get, you no, know, they're assuming like, should it be CBS All Access? Should they just pull the plug on it and try something new? Because the the issue is like the Twilight Zone and the Star Trek sh- series are all exclusive to that streaming service. They're not on CBS the channel, mm. um, and so. That's the that's where the confusion was, and but but the thing CBS All Access 
was the one of the first to do that of the major networks who have their streaming platform mm. idea thing. And most of their shows have sucked. Yeah. So maybe all of them. For CBS All Access? Yeah. I'm sorry, Arjun. Did you not see the great Jean-Luc Picard series? Yeah, Ravi. Where nothing made fucking sense? <laughs> you hated it. It was garbage. And then Star Trek Discovery has, has had a lot of lows and not many highs. Yeah. And the Twilight Zone has been has had some good, good episodes. And some bad episodes. But, uh, but more bad than good, I would say. And I would say... This is continuing that trend. Interesting. I thought it was a perfectly meteor. Well, so we. So right now we're only going to talk about episode one, right? Yes, that's all I. Watched so we. Yeah. So even though they dropped the entire season, um, I think we only had time for the first episode. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was bad. It was an interesting premise. Sure, it kind of dragged on in places. Um, but I thought it was, you know, it was fine. It was interesting. My, it held my yeah. attention. My biggest issue with when I think of Twilight Zone, right? I think of quintessential sci-fi that pushes the boundary, right? In terms of what uh, it, it it presents original science fiction ideas, right? If you watch the original, like so those are some of the great, the quote unquote, the great sci-fi. Wait, I, I just want to, I just want to, I want to explain something real quick, Juna. There's no such thing as original sci-fi anymore. When Twilight Zone came out, I agree. They were during the time no, no, of no. original sci-fi. No, but I, I agree. But but here's the thing: when you can sit there and predict the whole episode, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Sure, that is an issue. It, it, season one had episodes where it left me on the edge of my seat, and I, I didn't know what was. going Yeah, happen. I, I didn't know what was going on, and it was still entertaining. Right? Was it groundbreaking? No, I wouldn't say anything in the Twilight Zone was groundbreaking, but it was still entertaining enough and well done enough where it was a complete story that I liked and I couldn't predict. This episode was, was super sorry. predictable, yeah. and it was just super, 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 super vanilla. You, you know, like, have you just... have you all? So a couple of things. So this episode, obviously, um, season two, episode one, it stars um, Jimmy Simpson playing the lead uh, character, William, and, and then also uh, Jillian Jacobs, um, better known as Britta from Community. Yes. Um, basically, the story is they're inside each other's head. One of them manipulates the other one to go and commit a heinous crime in order to uh, free herself and, and become a new or whatever, uh, which was interesting. So it plays upon the idea of, like, you know, self-worth, finding that connection, and then, you know, just grand old human manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this story was already done in the original series. So this is about there's roughly four seasons of the OG Twilight Zone. And I don't know if you guys have watched much of it, but a lot of it is, is, is similar to what we're seeing with the current revamp of Twilight Zone. Was a lot of it was hit and miss. There were a lot of episodes, even for that time period, sure. when it didn't necessarily go over people's head, but it was just kind of like, "This is a stupid story," and just I hate everything about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, season one, we definitely saw a couple of episodes where there were duds. They just duds, and they were just there to fill up space. Um, I think the thing that's always the the thing that's interesting with Twilight Zone is that it tries to stick for the most part. It kind of follows what I call the Gene Roddenberry science fiction formula, which is science fiction in a present day world in terms of the things that are happening. Right? Season one had an interesting episode relating to events that are happening now uh, that dealt with like racism. Um, I forget it was the mother and son in the diner, and they repeat. She's repeating the same loop over and over and over oh, again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there, it, there's that. And watching this episode, I was kind of looking at it, and I was wondering, are they playing? Is this was this a perfect storm in terms of like with coronavirus being indoors, being <laughs> stuck with your own thoughts, and like finding that connection or whatever is that what that episode is like playing upon I bet I bet they moved it around I bet they moved the order around and That's what I was wondering That's what I was wondering if this is the original run through Oh that's but interesting Yeah that's the, that's always been the interesting thing with Twilight Zone I agree with Arjuna and what you were saying too where it's like we're in an age where it is very difficult to come up with brand new weird sci-fi-esque type issue or type shows. Yeah. Black Mirror, I think, its first couple seasons, and they still get one or two off where it's like, whoa, you know, this is bizarre. I still consider, <laughs> and Jordan Peele, please don't be mad, but I still consider, like, Black Mirror more this generation's Twilight Zone than the show Twilight Zone 
being this. Which, which that's is, why that's Twilight why I'm afraid Zone. to watch Black Mirror. Well, which is funny because Jimmy Simpson, who's in this, has a great Black Mirror episode, really? which is the Star look, Trek, the Star Trek esque yeah. one, where he uh, where he's a, a character on the ship. It also stars the actor who played Todd in Breaking Bad. Oh, and amazing! Just a like that is like for me that might be my favorite Black Mirror episode because it's just. It's oh, so by far, well mine done. is still Bandersnatch because it plays upon this. Yeah, that's also well done. Wild, like choose your own adventure, and it's a great fusion of storytelling and actual gameplay, uh, gameplay, and, like sort technology of. and whatever. So yeah. that was wild. I mean, nothing ever beats the first episode. Am I right? Pig fucking. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of pigs, we do have a comment from Mother of Pickle one two three. Um, did anyone ever see the Twilight Zone episode where they look like pig aliens? Because I actually have not seen that one. That sound sounds familiar, but uh, I don't yeah, think I don't... I've seen it. Hmm. I remember it's, the Doctor Who episode. That probably be an original one, right? That sounds like it would be an original one. Pig, pig aliens. Well, I yeah. mean, this is the third revival, so there's been four series of Twilight. This, you mean the three revival? Three? No, there's four. There's four? There's the original from 59 to 64. There was the first revival from 85 to 89. The second revival from 02 to 03. Yeah, is that with Forrest that Whitaker? Yeah. 02 to 03 is Forrest Whitaker. Yes. I want to go back and watch those ones because <laughs> I was like 12 or 13 when that came out. I don't think I sat through and watched that, all of it. But yeah. I'd be curious to see what that one's about. Um, yeah. Twilight I mean, Zone, so if, if these if these sci-fi shows like Black Mirror and Twilight Zone are a reflection of current times, it would be fascinating to go back because if it came out when oh three, yeah, like such a simpler world, I feel. Well, maybe not. No, no, world, maybe not. The world was on full on that's like post, that's post nine eleven. Yeah, that was full that's, on invasion of privacy. Yeah. You know, or no more privacy and mm. and all that fun. Oh, stuff. that's true. The Patriot yeah. Act, and that yep, was 9/11. and that was before your surge in like what the internet can really do. Like yep. the, the height of the internet at that point was like. AOL Instant Messenger. There was no Twitter. Well, there was or also, Instagram or Facebook. Well, that was also the start, the start of forums, which would eventually become these big social yeah. media platforms. That was the beginning of it. Right. So, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd be curious to go see it because maybe they predicted what we're seeing now. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, speaking specifically of season two, episode one, Me in the Middle, would you guys say that was good? No. Yeah, it was not good. I would not <laughs> say it was good. Ah, Christian, come on. Don't don't triple frontier this. Was it good? No, it was interesting and I it wasn't bad, but I can't say it was good. All right, was it better than triple frontier? No, it was not better than. Triple then it wasn't frontier. good. Uh, yeah, that's, that's your low bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, triple frontier is not my low bar. It's it my is. it's my my medium higher bar. Speaking, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> speaking of low bars, <laughs> what? Oh yes. No, it wasn't good. Can we move on now? Oh, man. <laughs> in honor of the uh, American holiday, America's birthday, July 4th, Independence Day, <laughs> we typically here in the Ramgopal household have a tradition where on July 4th, we usually throw on, even if it's in the background, Independence Day, starring great people like Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman, that, that one asshole general guy, Vivica A. Fox, the, the CIA, oh, yeah. the CIA, oh yeah, stripper. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, uh, uh, Nikki from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Nikki from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> uh, and obviously... The oh, the drunk pilot. Oh, guy. Brent Spiner. Brent, Sp- Brent Spiner's in it. Data. Data. But, but obviously the best alien formation and group ever. I don't actually know what they're called. Just aliens. Yeah, I don't think they name them. They're, they're just not aliens. the aliens. Yeah. 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 Let's go kick some alien ass. Uh, great, great film. Great film. And then back in uh, 2015, I think, is when we heard the news. That uh, the 16, maybe? well, 2016 is when it came out, but I believe news started surfacing in 2015. Okay, Roland Emmerich had finally convinced a studio and people <laughs> to follow him into glory again. I want to know how he did it. I want to know how he 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 convinced someone to make the movie we're about to review. Independence because, Day. Because the first one did well. Independence but it's Day. Twenty years. Oh, ago. I know. I know. Independence Day Resurgence, the 2016. Follow-up sequel to the 1996 film Independence Day. Yeah. What a horrendous disappointment it was. The and most, it still is. It didn't the, get better overnight. The most, the most memorable part of the movie <laughs> isn't the movie itself. It's the experience that we had. We went to the TCL Chinese Theater yes. uh, on the on on Sunset Bo- on Hollywood Boulevard here in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Back when going to a theater was allowed. Yes, and this was uh, <laughs> this was the. I mean, Fandango had been around for years. They this was the app. first time that oh, TCLA was this, TCL was this the seating debacle. Yeah. Yes. yes. So oh. we got there, 
and there was a seating debacle, they had like double triple. and in some po- triple in some, booked. some cases triple booked seats. Now in this was the premiere. This was Thursday night, like eight o'clock. It was the first public showing of the movie in you know one of the iconic theaters in one Los of the premiere. Are you sure of the it was world. that late? I don't. I thought it was like could have been five. Six. I I think it was early in the day. No, like, no, no. It was Thursday night. It was Thursday night. It was, th- this was this was the first showing. You're right. No, but I think it was because it, it there's a summer blockbuster and they'll do sometimes the midday ones yeah. or earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a super like because we went into the theater when it was bright out and we left when it was still bright out. Uh, but remember, it, it still could have been five to seven something, and it still would have been bright. That's true. But here's the thing, right? First, this is the first showing. It's supposed to be a big blockbuster for summer. They triple book seats, right? So we're like, oh no. People aren't going to have anywhere to sit. No, there was tons of empty seats just to shuffle people to the sides and everything. But the funny part was people were like, I want to sit in the middle for this movie. And then they just had to kind of go off. They had to go off like whoever got there first, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the always left a bad taste of the Chinese biggest, in my mouth. The yeah. biggest surprise watching this film wasn't how shitty and incohesive the storyline was. Wasn't like the new information that we got about this alien race and suddenly... They have harvest ships and queens, and they can't function. Multiple queens. They can't function without the queen, and they may have destroyed the queen the first time around. That's why they won. It was, it's the fact that the CGI just doesn't hold up four years later. But when you throw an Independence Day from 1996 and you watch it, even like the remastered one, you look at that and you're like, whoa, that's actually pretty good effects. And here's the reason why. And I was watching this, and it drove me nuts. Majority of the aliens that we see are CG'd, and most of the aliens, or majority of the aliens that we see in the original are puppets, mm-hmm. animatronics. And they look way better. And they just look way better. They're way more creepy, and you just, you just can't beat it. You just cannot beat physical over like the digital stuff. And I want to point out, well, especially when the CGI is that bad, there's one scene in... Independence Day Resurgence, and where I, I, I think I said it out loud. I'm like, the sci fi channel today does a better job on CGI. <laughs> uh, and near the end, when um, the, all the ships are circling the Queen, I remember and we've this. got our two, you know, our two uh, sets of pilots, human pilots, and they turn on the fusion afterburners. Oh, and, and then they're on fire and they're going around like this. That looks like an After Effects effect that I could do. No, and the, I don't know how to use After the, Effects. This is how bad it looks. Uh, back when we got our first camera in the mid-2000s, <laughs> we used an editing software called Pinnacle. I don't and remember that. Pinnacle. Oh, yeah, Pinnacle. Pinnacle, had, like Pinnacle had these preset, like, freebie animations you could use that would flash words in the middle of the screen when you'd use it. I only remember this because we made, like, a movie where people would disappear and there'd be, like, this lightning effect, but it'd also have, like, the... Pinnacle right in the middle. That's how bad it was. <laughs> oh, it's was. the free version. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it looked it, like our effects in 2005 with the words Pinnacle in the middle of it <laughs> looked better than that <laughs> shit. Stargate season like six yes. or seven. Yes. When they would have their big epic like space <laughs> battles were fucking looked, better. Looked better. I mean, it's it doesn't it doesn't. But honestly, though, there's no there's no call like there's it makes me mad. Because you know what's gonna make a you big more mad? studio like that, mm-hmm. that should never, it should never look that shitty, ever, right? I, I, I can't be the only one who thinks that. What about why is no one else backing me up here? Okay, what? but you know what's gonna make you more mad? The budget of the movie was one hundred and sixty-five million dollars. Like, like, is that high? Is that low? Is that's, that like so? Okay, <laughs> for the time, that's about mid-range. Oh, but yeah. wait, well, no, no, no. To put to put that in comparison, right? Uh, Captain America Civil War came out the same year, right? Another big blockbuster, visual spectacular <laughs> movie had a budget of two hundred fifty million. Oh, so half hundred million less. Oh, okay. Well, that, there, there you go. go. That, money buys effects. That's just so. All the money went to what? Liam Hemsworth? Like what? What the fuck? <laughs> no, it went to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Who, by the way, he was still great in this film. I thought he was one of the saving graces because he was still Jeff Goldblum. He, a little more sad because he had twenty years to prepare and he still fucked it up. Well, that's kind of embarrassing. A little more sad because very, very because his his his, his his wife, ex-wife, then wife again killed off off screen his two minute best friend in will smith also died off screen uh and oh, his his fun. dad for some reason was still alive and driving a school bus 
Hey, and the actor, he, the actor didn't age at all. He yeah, looks the exactly the same. Does, Julius. Yeah, Julius. That that was amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Um, do we think, so the whole plan originally, and, you know, we're just going off of rumors. There is no, like, official words here. But the movie did not do as well as the studio had hoped. Wait, I'm shocked. And The movie did make. I'm kidding. I'm not Make shocked. $389.7 million dollars in the worldwide box office. Well, did they think it was going to make a billion? Yes. No, they probably at least wanted about half a billion. Yeah. But it's a shitty movie. Because the yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the, the thought was that movie did well. Yeah. Roland would then be able to reboot or do a sequel to the Stargate franchise. Yeah. And then follow up with a third film to the Independence Day uh, franchise, which would take our heroes into deep space to fight this big galactic war. Now, me being a sci-fi nerd and just kind of you know, laughing at all of this. I would have enjoyed seeing something like that, you know, especially if I had AMC Pass because it wouldn't really cost anything. But unfortunately, Roland did not get his uh What do you mean, unfortunately? Bag. Thank God. And yeah. we're not getting a Stargate that, reboot or that sequel. Tease, Thank that God. tease at the end of Resurgence <laughs> is so cringy. It's like, <gasps> we must now fight a new wall. Yeah, honestly, I've never, I've never seen such a bad. Like, who in their right mind gets excited to lose millions of lives in an intergalactic war? Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Do they not realize that we're going to go up against a superior, te- a technologically superior enemy, and we're going to fight them, and we're going to get involved in this intergalactic war? Let's go kick some alien ass, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" Not realizing that they're going to lose millions <laughs> there of are lives. Better, in the there are better scenes that tag the future, which never happened in the DCEU, than they did in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League with Deathstroke. Oh man. Okay, I got the ultimate question because there's no point in even asking. Was this good? This was great. It was better than the original. Is Independence Day Resurgence better than Justice League? That's the question. Juna. Juna. Uh, I'm sorry with huh. Juna. Arjuna. Is Independence Day Resurgence better than the DCEU's Justice League? Is there a third option? Where no. I'm like, there is no third option. This, I think it's the perfect question. I can answer this easily. It's actually like a no-brainer. Go ahead. I think it is better than Justice League. <laughs> because Justice League, anytime I watch it, even if it's a clip, I... Stand up and I start shouting at this TV screen of how stupid Justice League is because it makes so little sense. Even the actors are so annoying in terms of how they portray these awesome characters. Yeah. While at least with like Independence Day Resurgence, I can remember the good times with Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum is still there and he's a little wacky, whatever. He's still this weird wackadoodle nutter and like Bill Pullman's character is kind of like the same thing it's like he was this awesome president who led the world and now he's cray cray and then there's Brent Spiner as well which I think is interesting I'm glad you went first so you are gonna say that Resurgence is better than Justice League because of the past Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say Justice League is better because of a potential future the Snyder Cut well that's silly you don't the Snyder Cut could make it worse yeah but at this point right the Justice League has untapped potential. <laughs> Independence Day is dead. <laughs> it's been it's dead. It's been beaten to death with a stick. You so know, therefore, un- Justice League is better. I'm just gonna go with the uh, a train wreck is better. I would rather watch literally anything <laughs> else other than those other the Thomas movies. the Tank Engine 2000 remade movie. That's yeah. Sound I would watch. I mean, that's I a good that. movie. Yeah. I would so, watch. There's a Thomas the Tank Engine about. movie. Yeah, I had it on DVD. Oh, that's like an old one. Anyways. Anyway, Resurgence, not good. Don't bother watching it. Watch the original on the glorious Independence Day. Yeah. Even if the you just call the Independence Day. Even if you just turn off a Bill Pullman's like speech. the greatest movie speech in all of movie history. That's fine. Uh so we're m- jumping right into was it news? Uh Arjun, I think you'll start us off with the anime characters. Sure. Yeah, so with everything going on, there has been um Well, hold on a second. Someone just hit me up. Alec Baldwin is in the Thomas the Tank Engine movie. He is, yeah. He is the uh, conductor in the in the in the, the Thomas Tank Engine movie. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a great movie. This might be a movie we have to review because I don't remember this. Have I seen it? Yeah, I mean, I probably forced you guys to watch it. I was like seven when it came out. Holy shit! That's and I used to blowing. sing. I used to sing the songs and everything. Anyway, what's the good news? <laughs> was it news? Was it news? Yes, was it news? Was it good news? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there's been obviously you know with everything going on. Um, 
so many industries have had to kind of reassess what they're doing. Uh, that includes the industries that we talk about here in, in the movie and the TV world. Uh, animated shows, I know we d- haven't reviewed a lot. I mean, we've done Voltron in the past. Uh, I can't. Have we done any other ones besides Voltron? Oh, um, Attack on Titan, uh, yeah, which is more of those, an anime. Those might be the only but, two. But um, a lot of actors in, the Ameri- you know, in Hollywood uh, produced uh, animated shows who voice... Uh, so white actors who have been voicing characters of color are starting to now step down from these roles, feeling that um, they're appropriating uh, a culture that is not theirs and that those characters should be voiced by actors uh, of the respective colors. So the notable ones uh, are Apu in The Simpsons, who is a very white stereotype of an Indian, right? You know, running a a, a quickie mart, uh, having the, the the very you know um, exaggerated exaggerated accent. accent. Uh, <laughs> is it exaggerated? Yes. And you know, to be fair, this is actually this has been an issue with The Simpsons for years. I think in 2017, there's a documentary that came out about the Apu voice. They even had a very controversial Simpsons episode where they addressed it, and Lisa looked right at the camera and said. You know what's funny? Like when you come up with a, a fun character and no one bats an eye, and then le- later people like talk about it. They kind of like it was a tongue-in-cheek like criticism of the criticism. Like we're not going to change our minds and like blah blah blah. But now they are. Well, they they are now. And uh, so earlier this year, Hank Azaria announced himself that he was just he's like, you know what? I, I've heard what people have said, and I'm going to step down from the role. Like he's like. I voice a ton of characters on this show, and it's like, I think, I don't know what they're going to do with the character, but I will no longer be voicing it. Aziz Ansari. I mean, that's, Aziz that's a whole nother uh, Aziz, Aziz, Aziz Ansari from South Carolina, <laughs> born and raised in America, should voice a poo. <laughs> but so, so, he, so, so uh, but now it is official, like, he is no longer doing it. The other big ones being uh, Cleveland from Family Guy will no longer be voiced by. Uh, Go ahead. R- real quick, real quick. Yes. On the on the uh, Apu character. Yes. Shah Rukh Khan. <laughs> he should voice Apu. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. They couldn't afford him. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so Cleveland from Family Guy is another one. Um, Missy from Big Mouth is another one. And I think those are the three big ones. Did I write any other ones down? Missy is what the... High school kid or the she's one yeah she's one of the kids in the, the well they're all in middle school oh, okay but she's gotcha. the she's the she's uh, I think half black half Jewish gotcha in the show uh, and then it's not a character but the but Disney Parks has announced that all characters of color for their rides will no longer be voiced by white actors they'll be voiced by their respective what does that actors. mean so um so for example right in Mulan. The singing voice of Mulan and um, the main guy. I always forget his name. The Mushu, the captain, the captain that he, she yeah, falls just in love cap- with. Captain. Uh, the so the 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 voice actors were were Asian, mm-hmm. but the singing voices were white. Oh. So they would if they did like a singing for Mulan um, on the ride, they would probably have a, an Asian uh, singer. Interesting. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is. My voice singing career has a potential? Maybe? No. Okay. Because you can't <laughs> I've sing. been told that I'm tone deaf. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The captain's name was Shang. Shang, that's Thank it. Thank you. Oh. Mother of Pickle one. Shang. Uh, Ravi, we also have a request. Yes. Uh, you need to sing someone to either prove or disprove your tone deafness. I'm, I'm not going to do that right now. All right, well, so, uh, so, I mean, so what do you guys think? Do you think this is an overreaction? Do you think this is appropriate? I mean, I know I have some thoughts mm. myself, and I can go first if you guys want me to. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Set the table. You know, so I, I feel like I've always have found it weird when it's been a white actor voicing a character of color. The, I, I, the weirdest one, I think, is Cleveland. By far, yeah, and and the weird the weird part of the, that is they did a whole spinoff, yep. and everything, and they're like, yeah, we we have diversity, we have this black character. It's it's a very white guy that voices Cleveland, yeah. Um, and I, but I think the issue doesn't stem from the voice actors. I mean, I think obviously the voice actors, you t- you take work where you can get it, right? Yep. I think the issue is in the writing staffs of these shows, right? If you look at all of these shows, it's 
majority a white writing staff, and it's a white writing staff writing characters of color from a, the lens of a white person. And so these characters are whitewashed, which is why I think culturally it's accepted, like, yeah, why can't a white man voice a black character? Well, because this is the view of a black character through a white lens. Yeah, uh, same point. thing. Same thing with a poo, right? Like mm-hmm. a poo is one hundred percent. He he is an Indian character, but that is the like white lens, the stereotype of an Indian character, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what it is. And I think the the true thing that needs to be fixed, and people have been calling for this for years, even before you know our recent events, is just more diversity. Uh, in the, in this in this in this type of content, like it it it, it like you if you, if you want a diverse cast on an animated show, you need a diverse writing writing uh, staff. staff yep. I think it's it's very simple, right? You can't you can't if you had a show like you know, let's take Blackish for example, right? And on the show on ABC about a black family, if the show like Blackish was written by a, a majority white staff, it would not like it would be a very bad show because it would be a it would be black characters through the eyes of white people, not black characters from black people. Right. Isn't that what it is? I believe no, no, no. I believe I believe the majority of that staff is black. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, uh, moving into other areas around the same topic, shows are removing, uh, like we talked about earlier, removing uh, shows where uh, blackface is shown. Um, most notable ones are Thirty Rock, Community, South Park. The Office, Golden Girls, Scrubs. Um, what do we think about that? The one that stuck out here was That's in Community. Mm. Arjuna um, verified this. They're they're specifically removing the episode where Chang uh, comes into the room, but he's not doing blackface. He's doing a dark elf. Yes. Um, but obviously Chang is Asian, lighter-skinned. And then they painted him all in, in black to make him a dark elf. Yeah. Yes. Do we think by fully removing episodes, this is, again, a little too extreme, and they're just doing this to kind of go, look at us? I think in some of these cases, I think it's an overreaction. Specific, I think the community one's a good one, but maybe even more so is the Golden Girls episode. Now, I, haven't, I don't watch Golden Girls. I don't know... Um, all the specifics around the episode that they're getting rid of, but to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, so forgive me if I am, but the two characters were wearing mud masks, right? Isn't it, I think I believe it's for that. Oh, geez, I saw this episode. Thank you. So you can yeah. So if you've been paying attention to Twitter, th- I wouldn't sorry. have to bumble through this. So no, this episode, <laughs> this is actually an interesting episode in Golden Girls, where um, at first one of the characters' sons. So obviously in Golden Girls, there are three old ladies. They yeah. have kids. One of the sons ends up uh, falling in love with a black female. But the issue with, I believe, with the um, the mother of the son isn't that she's black, the, the girl he's interested in. It's because she's so much older, like 20 years older. That was the issue. And then it turns out her family has an issue with him. Because he's white, hmm. and that was their issue. And then you have the other two characters doing their mud masks, and when they first meet, um, they're wearing this, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" So it's not being done. It, it's, it's it's it was presented as a joke, but that episode in itself was hitting upon a number of other issues, um, like the you know reverse racism, ageism, and you know just a whole bunch have- of. Issues essentially, yeah, so. and I've and I've heard this uh, both on Twitter and then also from um, some people uh, in our comments here uh, that the episode is like you just said, sort of t- taking a look at racism, putting a lens on mm. racism, right? It's so, sim- it's honestly it's similar to Tropic Thunder. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Robert Downey with Jr. Robert Downey Jr.'s character wearing blackface. Uh, his character is meant to be very offensive because they are critiquing Hollywood and the usage of blackface and like how wrong it is. So I do think it's interesting. Um, You know, the cynic in me, I think like you said, Ravi, I think it's just, it's just Hollywood wanting to pat themselves on the back and just not really understanding like why they're taking this episode down. They're just like, Oh, it has blackface. We're just going to remove it. Uh, While this golden girls episode, you know, why, while it is dated and, you know, Obviously, it's a show from a different time. It does have some, you know, it's not it's not the most PC show in 2020. Obviously, it's from 
40 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, yep. you know, they were changing times. I do, you know, I do wonder, could that episode be a good teaching tool that you could potentially use and you're just removing it? Um, I think I think it's it's a case-by-case basis. I think some of the SNL sketches, right, where, you know, comedians have used blackface, I do think it is appropriate to remove some of those because it is made as a bad joke. Yeah, um, it, the joke is the stereotype. You're not exactly. shining a light. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not edu- There's no right. educational purpose behind it. It's just right. simply to make fun of right. the the people that you're you know making fun of. Right. Um, and that's why I kind of have an issue with the community one because uh, it's a it's a dark elf. It's not even supposed to be. It's not even a human being, which could be problematic. Right, in and of itself. Sure, it right. you're, because you're viewing it from the outside lens and you don't know what's going on. But if you on, don't yes. know exactly, well, whereas... well, here's my question. I'm not, I'm not educated enough on Dungeons and Dragons to know. But what is a dark elf based off of? Right? Mm-hmm. Is a is a dark elf? Is it is it based off of black people? No. Right? No. Dark no. elves are based off people or creatures um, that were shunned away from the light of something. I'm just going to use magical terms because I don't know what they yeah. the exact. No, I think <laughs> so. Dark elves, it, dark elves, like are elves who live underground and are generally evil, and their skin is is black or blue, if that makes sense. Sure, and, you know, uh, I can see. Now, can that now be construed though as like a as a as a, as is a that white lens? Yeah, is, exactly. is that a critique well, on, think, on actual exactly. racism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, if it, it is, that's that's problematic. It all comes right. down though. It all comes down to context. Yeah, right. Like if with the SNL stuff, like the eighties, seventies, and eighties, when they were doing the older two thousands, two thousands, yeah, they were doing it for the sake of just making fun of you know a, they were stereotyping. Yeah. Mm. That yeah, get rid of that. In the situation of like the Golden Girls, I don't know if you necessarily get rid of it because I think the entire episode is about racism, sure, and about people's prejudice, and nobody was doing the blackface uh, to put people down or to make fun of the situation. It was more to present like our own bias and our own, you know, lack of understanding, essentially. Um, If you are going to take it down or if you want to adjust it, put some kind of commentary over it, explain the situation. I don't think this blanket, like, boom, we're going to go do this, put out a press release. Cool. We did everything and everything's dandy. I think this is an interesting step, but I don't think it's a blanket step. You can't just remove it and be done and walk away. Mm. The big thing is in six months, these networks and um, streaming services and studio execs and these brands that are making all these statements. Six months, we need to see what they're all doing. Right. If they're right back we to where to, they we were. We need to see their writers' rooms. Yeah. yeah. It, this is – this is, and Arjuna mentioned this before – is this a step that they're taking to avoid doing the real work, which is diversifying their writers' rooms, right? There's no point in doing diversifying any of this. everything, yeah. 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 There's there's no point in doing any of this if they're not gonna take the actual steps to right. fix the root right. issue. Because here's the issue, right? Is it what if it's an issue today, which in some cases it, it obviously is with some of these, why wasn't it an issue back then? Why how did it get through X amount of layers to make air? And then guess what? It wasn't, you know, some of th- some of these have been criticized throughout the years, right? I know the Office episode <laughs> with uh, with Dwight yeah. that featured his cousin. Like I I remember specifically when that episode came out because there was critique on that quick little shot, and nothing was done about it. And obviously now something is being done, done. But why wasn't anything done back then? When and that's uh, that's that's the hard work that are these companies going to take? That are they going to diversify the writing staffs? Are they going to diversify the the EPs and the producers and the head of the head of studios and such where those type of topics actually resonate in those people's minds. Mm. And are they going to listen when it's not a are they go are are these studios going to listen when it's not a big movement, right? This the spotlight is on right now, right? Yeah. Now in six months, unfortunately when the spotlight dims a little bit, mm-hmm. because that is inevitably what's going to unfortunately happen Will these studios continue to do the work that they need to do, or are they just going to put the episodes back up? Are they going to just continue, you know, business as usual? Right, go back to what they've been doing before. Yeah, we released our press release, we did our little special here and there, and we're back to normal. Yeah, I bet everything goes back to normal. Well, where my money is, we'll see. Prove me wrong. I say it won't because COVID is not going away, which means people still have time. 
to keep protesting. Uh, so let's just get it fixed. We have a bunch of time. Let's just get it fixed so we don't need to keep protesting forever. That'd be nice. Speaking about the protests and another piece of was it news? AMC, along with everything else, closing back up is delaying uh, their theater openings after number one coming out and saying that we're going to go with like something like forty percent capacity and masks are optional, and then they were like, no masks are actually ne- needed and mandatory, and now they're coming out and saying, hey, we're delaying it. I mean, everything was starting to open back up, but if it's like a few morons have. You know, made it so that nobody can go out. So, good job, fucking idiots. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to emphasize that point real quick. The fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> yes, the reason um, that we can't clear the first wave of coronavirus is because you stupid fucking people who are going out into public spaces without masks have set everything back. You are fucking morons. Thank you. I the think end. you were being sarcastic. No. Oh. <laughs> and then, like, these are the same people who are like, uh, they're the same ones who are going to make the biggest stink, right? Like, they're the, the people who are complaining about, I need my hair cut. Uh, it's the same people who've been complaining the whole time. Like, I'm stuck at home, open up the jobs, you know, get back to the economy. All that stuff could have started happening right now if you just stayed inside and worn a mask when you go outside. Simple, but no. So, the end. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, tenant. Uh, we'll probably never come out of theaters, which is great. So, what's Tenant? Tenant. It's a movie <laughs> it's about the Tenant. It's Tenant. 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 Uh, <laughs> Boy season two is coming back September fourth, so that'll be a bloody good time. You know what? We'll probably still be indoors. Yeah. <laughs> First season's overrated. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> so and I then a AI robot was cast in a movie. Yes. Wait, what? You guys didn't hear about this? No. no. This is yeah. the beginning of the end. Th- th- that's what I was referencing at Sky the beginning. Net. So uh, they have kept, there's a, um, what is the, I forget what the AI's name is, but they have cast, uh, they have cast a full-on AI robot to be the lead in a movie. And many are calling this potentially the end of acting in Hollywood. Hey, I mean, that would, you know. Wow, That's a lot of problems. It would be interesting. Yeah, you don't have to worry about. Uh, so, internet, <laughs> so the uh, AI robot's name is Erica, uh, and uh, th- in the article that I put in the outline, she's wearing Julia Roberts' wig from Mother's Day, apparently. Okay. So you know she could be made into, I guess, look like anyone. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's just a weird story, and maybe this is the way that movies get made in a new COVID world, right? Right? AI robots well, can't yeah. get COVID. Well, still need a crew though. Why not have the AI robots do it as well? That's true. Why when? don't they come up with the movie ideas, too? All right, I want an under-over of when we see a first AI production. Uh, written, directed, and, you know, everything done by AI. So, Ten uh, years. A couple, probably a couple of years ago now, um, the lead actor from Silicon Valley, I forget his name. The lead actor? The yeah. The guy who plays, what's his face? Yeah. Oh, the guy no one likes? Yeah, the guy no one likes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Anyway, some some actor from Silicon no some actor from Silicon Valley uh, starred in a short film that was completely written by AI by an AI um, scripting type tool that somebody put in. So basically, the how the process works was you go into this machine learning thing and you're like, here's what I want you to tell, like the basic premise, and then it created out scene movement, um, character movement. Um, action, dialogue, the whole shebang. You can find the film. It's out there. It's very, very weird. It doesn't make a lot of co- cohesive sense. Um, but it has been done already. A Basically, uh, a machine wrote No, no, no. I, I want them to not only write. I want the cinematography. <laughs> I want the acting. I want the whole thing. Because, let's be honest, taking a robot script, combining with the human production crew, it's not a good recipe. Some have, uh, some, you know, estimate that we're all robots. Yeah, Elon Musk says this is a simulation. Tom Hiddlestitch. Is that the name of the guy? Maybe. From uh it sounds like Tom like Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it's Middletitch. Lauren in our comments, uh you might be wrong. I don't know. Or maybe you're right. We don't know. <laughs> anyway, for those listening and those watching, oh. we did our giveaway that's been open for a week for the 
Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Can't remember that name, huh? Nope. Still can't Sith, Sith Jet Trooper. Let's get a close up on out of focus here. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we basically put this out on Twitter last week and Instagram. And Instagram. The goal was you share and like, and you'd be randomly selected to uh, enter to win this beautiful um, Kenner toy. Yay! Arjuna, Woo! please do the honors and use the AI to pick a winner. Well, All right. We just. <laughs> and the winner is... Oh, here we go. Oh, it's like a little color circle. The winner is... Oh, I have a blocker up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> every single time, every time we've done this, has been like, the winner is... Oh, something Ad broke. blocker. That's pretty good. Uh, I hope it doesn't delete all the names. No, it didn't. It didn't. Okay, okay. All right, here we go, here we go. All right, we're doing it. And uh, once again... Oh, here we go. The winner is... Oh, I know the person. Noah Spiegelman on Twitter at Spiegs44. You have won our Kenner Jet Trooper. We will Woo! Be... Oh, man. Don't blow out the audio. I'm sorry, but God, we have to work in production. We have to get across our excitement. Otherwise, what are we Congratulations, doing? Noah. We will be messaging you uh, on Twitter and getting you this beautiful prize shortly in yes. three to six years. <laughs> yeah, we take a while to ship these thing out, these things out. So, but you will receive it. Has okay. the last person received theirs? Do we have a confirmation? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> We're supposed to get there last Wednesday. Oh, geez, <laughs> this has been I a should probably check. Yeah, let's, let's, let's send a little uh, message there. Yep, yep. Or if you're watching, you can just let us know. That's gonna do it for us here at Was It Good. Be sure to follow us on tw- follow us on Twitter at Was It Good on Instagram. <laughs> At Was It Good BTM. You can find the podcast live every Monday on twitch.tv slash was it good. Uh, it is July 4th weekend this weekend. Please be safe, be smart. Do not go to beaches and crowded areas. Do not go bar hopping. Just stay indoors, eat your food, get drunk, watch Independence Day. Mm, wow. Good times. Wow. I mean, it's what I'm doing. Wow, wow, wow. Fuck me. Goodbye. <laughs>